today's sermon is a continuation of um, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Um, in, uh, on, on Wednesday, if I have my scriptures please, we will go through 2 Timothy chapter 2. My internet is still not connected yet, so I use my favorite way of preaching to come from my notes and writing. But um, the, the scriptures will be up there for a moment, in a moment. So... If you set, go to Second Timothy chapter 2, we'll start from verse 1, and uh, I will read as soon as we have it on the board. There we go. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Join me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except for by competing according to the rules. The hard-working farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all things. And this is what I believe we covered on, uh, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, yeah. where Paul calls Timothy in chapter 1, he said, guard the gospel by faith, love, and with the help of the Holy Spirit, and pass it on to others. And so on Wednesday, we looked at who is a reliable person to pass on that information. But Paul finished in verse 7 by saying, reflect on these things. Reflect. I want you to reflect. In verse 8, he moves from reflection to say to Timothy, now I want you to remember. Remember Jesus Christ. Verse 8, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here is a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Keep reminding God's people of these things. Want them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen to it. Amen. Amen. So Paul, from verse 8, says to Timothy, remember Jesus Christ. Remember Jesus Christ. Raised from the dead. Descended from David. Remember the divinity and humanity of Christ. He's the Lord and Savior. And I think as Christians, sometimes we wonder, Christ that saves us, which is true. He saved us. He, there was redemption in Christ. 
but he's also our Lord. Amen. Raised from the dead, descended from David, the Savior and the King, the Lord. And he said, it's important for us to remember that. He said, this is my gospel. This is the gospel in which I'm in chains. If we die with him, we'll also be raised with him. And indeed, as you know, Christians have died with Christ. According to the book of Romans. Let me remind you of Romans 6, verse 3. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Amen. Amen. We have died with Christ. And Paul therefore says we are going to live with him. Romans goes on. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Amen. Amen. We have died with him, therefore we are going to live with him. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Now, if we die with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Amen to that. And we have died with Christ, and we are going to live with him. If we died with him, we also live with him. And I think Christians, we tend to forget that. We are all flesh, as was shared in the welcome. We are sinners. None of us is righteous. There is no one righteous. Ephesians, Paul tells us, look, we deserve the wrath of God. That's what we are. We sin. If we claim to be without sin, what does that make God? Exactly. Therefore, we all sin. But there is something about us. We died with Christ in baptism. Amen. Amen. And so as Christians, even though, yes, we do sin, the scripture is quite clear as to our status. In Ephesians 2 verse 4, But because of this great love and his mercy, God made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgression. Wow. Imagine a dead person. You are dead. There is no life in you. God made us alive. He raised us even in death. How? He said, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised up. Raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Wow. In order that in the coming age he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith and this not from yourself it is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. We need to be able to remember these things. We died with him. And therefore, we also live with him. We are saved by grace. 
other person, he tells us that we died with him, therefore we live. For me as a Christian, I have come to learn the value of grace of God. Okay, you probably saw the graph I gave some time back. Sometimes we think we are happy, therefore we are saved. We sin, therefore we lost salvation. We quarrel with somebody, therefore, no, 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 guys. When we get forgiven, it's 100% forgiveness. Amen? And we need to enjoy that grace of God. I'm not talking about once saved, always saved. Let me repeat that. Because some people decide to lose their salvation by deliberately keeping on sinning. Hebrews 10, 26 will talk to you about that. Some people actually completely disown Christ, as Paul says here. But once we are saved, and we are fighting the battle, and I tell you our battle is huge. Do you know whom we are fighting? Number one, we are fighting our flesh. Our flesh is very demanding. Have you ever felt thirsty? Wow. All the body wants at that point is water. The flesh demands. So, our flesh demands for us to go into sin. Satan is the next one. Satan's, his entire scheme is to get you into sin to lose your salvation. That is what Revelation said. He said the only reason he's come down is to do what? His time is short. And it's to stop us from this grace we've received. The third battle we have is the world. Believe me, the world won't tell you Jesus is Lord. The, one, the world won't tell you God loves you. The world will give you a different message. And so we have huge battle, but we need to understand the grace of God. The grace of God is important. If we died with him, we'll also live with him. He goes on to say, if we endure, we'll also reign with him. Wow. The Christian life is not an easy one. It takes endurance. Okay. Have you done a marathon before? Okay. It takes endurance. You are not sprinting. You need a strategy to stop, start slowing and calculate how you finish. The Christian life is not 100 meters sprint. It takes our whole life. Amen. I remember when I studied the Bible. And I was a student, I thought, man, if I decide to follow this <laughs> scripture I'm following, I'm reading, it's a huge cost to count. This is for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I made that decision then. <laughs> wow. This is true. I can either follow it or I can go and do what I want with my life. Mm-hmm. And as I said, I've shared joke with you as to some of the things. It wasn't noble ambition, should we say. But once I made that decision, I also realized this is a battle. Yeah. Okay. So, when I was a student, I was quite sexually immoral. And I read the Bible and I thought, wow, if I made the decision to be a Christian, I'm not going to have sex till I get married. Now, how old am I now? And how old would I get married? You understand what I'm saying? I was counting the cost. Am I willing to give up this? Wow. If I become a Christian, that means I'll be talking to strangers on the street about Jesus. They will think I'm mad. If I became a Christian, it means 
I need to sit with people and study the Bible with them. Do you understand? I was counting the cost. If I became a Christian, wherever God sends me, I should be willing to go. I was counting the cost. And once I counted the cost, I made that decision. But it calls for endurance because at any point in your Christian life, guess what? You'll be tested. You will be tested. At, in every phase. It may be illness. It may be finances. Even within your marriage, in parenting, you will always be tested. But we need to endure so that we may reign with him. We need to endure. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Those trials will come. What do you do with trials? We want to give up. Here it says, consider it pure joy. Have you ever faced a a trial this week? Did you jump and say, praise God for this trial? (laughs) Probably not. But that's what the Bible calls you to do. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Mm. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Wow. If our faith is not tested, how would we know we have true faith in Christ? And so he said we need to endure. We need to endure. We will endure many things in our Christian lives. Health. Friends even leaving us. Yesterday I got a phone call from a friend who actually used to disciple me for years. And he's not in the church. He heard that I've moved to Birmingham and he phoned me. When these guys leave the church, there's such pain, isn't it? I had a brother that used to disciple me. We spoke every single day of the year, even Christmas Day. And then he left the church. It was almost like a bereavement to me. You understand what I'm saying? And you respect them and you think, what has happened? What's wrong? We need to endure such things. Of course, I pray that they will come back to faith. But we'll be tested. And in that, are we going to endure and reign with Christ? He goes on to say, if we disown him, he will also disown us. It's a bit like Luke chapter 9. If anyone is ashamed of me, the son of man will be ashamed of him. Luke 9, 26. Okay, those who do not acknowledge Jesus as Lord. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? We, 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 we disown him as Lord. When we decide to completely disobey what he calls us to do. Or we decide to love the world. 1 John 2 comes to mind. He reads. 1 John 2, 2, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Amen? Amen. We cannot disown God. He goes on finally to say, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. For he cannot disown himself. You see, God's nature is unchangeable. 
No matter what we do, God doesn't change. He's constant. Psalm 102, David is praying to God. He said, you are the same. And your years will never come to an end. Malachi 3 verse 6. The prophet said, for I, God is speaking to Malachi. He said, he said for I, the Lord, I do not change. God will always be faithful. Look at Luke 15. That dad. The son takes everything and goes away. The father doesn't change. He's waiting for his son. God is always faithful. He's, he doesn't break that covenant vow he made with us. He's faithful. Wanting patient, wanting all people to come to repentance so that they may be saved. So the first thing is we need to remember Jesus. And in Timothy, this is how Paul reminds us to do it. Then in the same verse, let me get to Second Timothy again. It's on the board for you. Paul then says in our verse um, 8, He said, this is my gospel for which I'm suffering even to the point of being changed like a criminal. But God's word is not changed. Wow. So the first thing is remember Jesus. The second thing is release the gospel. Paul says, I'm in chains. I'm confounded. I'm in prison. But the gospel is not changed. Guys, I don't know what your circumstance will be. I don't know what chains you carry today. But God's word is not changed. Amen. I don't know what your chains are. Perhaps you don't like your boss. But God's word is not changed. When you get to the office, God's word is not changed. Amen. Paul was physically chained in prison. And he said, the gospel is not changed. Talk to the church, the church in Philippi. He said, what has happened to me, the Roman guards have seen the gospel is spreading. So I don't know what your chains may be. Perhaps you have the chain of saying, I don't know the Bible. I don't know the whole Bible. Of course, you don't have to know the whole Bible. You need to know that Jesus loves you. And Jesus loves the world. The gospel is not changed. Mention that to somebody. Do you know Jesus loves you? That is the gospel. I need to feel good about myself before I share the gospel. Believe you will never feel good about yourself. Okay. I wish I was taller. I'll never be tall. I wish I had my afro hair again, like Curtis. I'll never have that again. Okay. I still need to preach the gospel. I still need to preach the gospel. You never feel good about yourself. Oh, when I have a perfect marriage, then I'll share the gospel. Okay. I don't think that's not going to happen. The perfect marriage. Where do you read that? And how do you define that? Christians, you have perfect marriages, okay? Christ is in the center. You sin and you forgive. Do you understand what I'm saying? And there is repentance. Perfect marriage. It may never happen. You still need to, the gospel is still not changed. 
I wait till my children are perfect. Oh my goodness. It will not happen. I know I'm not perfect, therefore my parents shouldn't expect me to be perfect. If they waited for me to be perfect, the gospel should not be preached. You understand what I'm saying? The teenagers say, I want to be the coolest before I preach the gospel. The best brand, it won't happen. Let me wait now with the lottery, then I'll preach the gospel. It may never happen. Whatever challenges we do have, we need to preach the gospel. You have no idea. You have no idea the pain people are going through. We need to preach the gospel. I was walking down a high gate woods one day and I saw a wonderful young man sitting there. And I was praying. I walked, pray, came back, he was still there. And I said, Are you okay? You look down. He said, Yes, he's down. And um, I said, um, I'm a Christian. I really would like to invite you to, for us to look at the Bible and for you to come to church. Sunday, I said to him, he said, I won't be here. So I said, where are you going for holidays? He said, I'm not going for holidays. He's an Italian young man. He just failed his exams. He was reading European law and business. And he's failed his exams, first year. And he had this scholarship, whatever it was that he's going to lose. And he was depressed. Of course, I didn't even understand the language he was speaking to me in terms of when he said, I won't be here. You understand what I'm saying? When we started talking, then I realized, oh, he was talking about suicide. And I said, so what did you fail? What's your weakest subject? He said accounting. He failed at his accounting people. And I said, when is the receipt? He said, it's in two months' time. And there's no way I'm going to pass, therefore, it's no point. Now, I'll not mention the, the parents of this young man, but his parents were quite up there. I won't mention even his name. I think Jack will remember this story. So I said to him, I'll, be, I'll teach you accounting for you to get through the exams. I said, I can't make any promise. What I need you to do is um, we need to get together regularly. I said, I finish work, 6 o'clock, I can meet you, and I will teach you a bit of accounting. What I need you to do is to get your past papers from your uni and uh, get a syllabus, and let's start. So I went to his house, grand, huge house. Okay, these guys were so rich. (laughs) Seriously, they were willing to pay me 50 pounds an hour. I said, no. I didn't, I said, I just want to help you. So we started with balance sheets, PNL accounts, T accounts, taught him the whole thing, cash flow statements. Two months he went and passed his exams. And um, I think he came to church and Mark Templar was actually preaching about missions contribution and how um, he wanted to buy his children bicycles and he can't afford it because he has to give to the mission. 
So this guy comes to church next time. I said, they were rich. He came with four bikes. New bikes. <laughs> Mark refused to accept it too. I said, no, 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 no. I was just sharing how my faith. I'm struggling too. <laughs> so my point is, they will use money to give anything for the faith. But what we need to give is the gospel. You see, why am I talking about the chains? Because when I spoke to that guy, I had my own chains. I had my own struggles. But in spite of my chains, I had to share my faith with him. So we all have our chains, but other people have deeper chains. And they need to be released for the gospel. So Christians, no matter what you go through, believe me, Satan is suppressing other people. And we need to share the gospel. The challenge I'll give for you to you this week. Two challenges. From the first point, I want you to remember Christ and his grace. No matter where you are in life, God's grace covers you. Be open. I appreciate Curtis being open with what he was going through. Wow. Satan works in darkness. And whatever struggles we do have, we just need to be open. In fact, what I've come to realize is brothers or sisters who are not open are liars because one John says if we claim to be without sins, we lie. So all of us sin. You know I sin. I know you sin. Let's talk about it. Let's expose Satan. Let's bring him out. He cannot work in darkness. Amen. If we keep it in, he works in darkness. Number two. No matter what your challenge will be, what your chains may be. Go to somebody this week and ask them, what do you think of Jesus? Don't go and say, come to my church. Don't go and preach church, okay? Go and ask people, what do you think of Jesus? Sometimes I'll go and ask people that. What do you think of Jesus? The responses you get are quite amazing. Okay. What do you think of Jesus? Why? We want to preach the gospel. The gospel is about Jesus. And I love that in the Bible with people, as I say, the Bible will always speak to people. Not our opinions. Not our church program. Let the scriptures do the talking. It will break hearts. It will call people to a vision. We should never call people to the vision of a church program, but to who? God. He said, when you lift me up, when I'm lifted up, Jesus said in the Gospel of John, all men will be drawn to me. Amen. And we need to lift Jesus, amen, amen, so that people will be drawn to Jesus. And that's what. So, the point number one is remember Jesus Christ. Raised from the dead, descended from David. He's the Lord and Savior. Amen. amen. Bear that in mind always. And he said, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. No matter where you are, Jesus is with you as a disciple of Christ. You are never on your own. You are never on your own. Point number two, release the gospel. You may be chained, but the gospel is not chained. Funny enough, the most time I've been fruitful in ministry is when I have sinned. <laughs> when I'm so guilted out by my sin, 
I'm thinking, man, I'm messed up. How could I even talk to anybody about Jesus? And I invite people and they come to church. And it proves to me that it's not on our strength, is it? It's not on my righteousness, is it? God will do whatever he wants to do. It is simple as that. In your most stressful time, that's how God works. So, release the gospel. You may have your chains, but the gospel is not chained. Release the gospel. Wherever you are, it may be in the supermarket. Say hello to somebody. Engage with them. Take care of them. Release the gospel. Release the gospel. No matter how, we feel pain. So, that is the message today from Second Timothy chapter 2. Remember Christ and release the gospel. Thank you very much.